Talking Shit Podcast, Tone, Hayden. Man, we got some business up in here, man. The story of Antonio Brown. Jeez. Or, no, better yet, better yet, here we go. Here we go. When is it time for the athlete to say, that's enough? It's time to check out and quit. Because we're going to talk about Antonio Brown, but we're going to talk about Clay Thompson, too. So that's why I'm presenting it as such. So, man, what's good, man? we 24 hours after the mayhem. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think I think it's more of a a, a, cele- a celebration for the millennials out there. Uh, A.B., you know, representative and uh, what's to come. So I mean, I think his decision and, and what's going on right now is is I think it's called creativity, post career. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I took a look at some things, man. I broke this thing down so 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 to a point where I went back and looked at all the wide receivers the Pittsburgh Steelers have drafted, you know, and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, man, Kevin Colbert is uh, responsible for. Drafting 22 wide receivers, man, since since 2000. AB mm. came in. He came in in uh, 2010, sixth round. Emmanuel Sanders was drafted, same draft with him, third round. But we're talking about a sixth rounder, man, kind of like uh, Tom Biggity Brady. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady was seventh round, 199. Antonio Brown, sixth round right here. And I had a, I had an opportunity to analyze what came with him and what came after him. And it seems like Pittsburgh is really searching for the ghost of Antonio Brown in the way that they're drafting. They found the perfect size, height, speed in that player. And I went through and I looked at the 12 draft and on, and most of the players favor the same size. Uh, a few of them had the speed. There was a couple of bigs in there. Uh, Martavius, Martavius Bryant out of Clemson was the biggest at six foot three, uh, but had substance issues. He couldn't cut it in the league. So, you know, knee injuries, drugs, and comeback after reinstatement, reinstatement after comeback. No one has been able to fulfill the shoes of Antonio Bryant while he was playing there and thereafter. So here we are, man. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, you know, I think Americans are really in love with with what I like to diagnose as a 50-50 ball. You know, when it's in the year and you you guy just ran about 40 to 45 yards. And Antonio Brown, I mean – you know, he he's the king of the 50-50 balls as soon as he gets off the line, right? You know, mm. he's an aggressive runner. He induces contact. And at the end of the day, it's almost like he's a, a defensive player playing wide receiver to a certain degree. Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's tricky, too, man. Listen, you remember I was telling you, you know, people don't understand, like, the significance of being a professional athlete is it ain't over 
until all the paperwork goes in motion and passes through properly. And so I was throwing this at you a little earlier today while I was saying to you, if the Bucks win, Antonio Brown still gets a championship ring, right? Absolutely. So I have this report here. I mean, they're not the most credible, but I'm going to go through the top line here, what I got. And this just popped in, man, right off the press. Antonio Brown is still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer as of Monday night, despite Coach Bruce Arians. Arians telling reporters after the wide receiver's meltdown that he's no longer a buck. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it doesn't the, – the mental health, uh, what some people may deem propaganda and, and, and things of that sort, is something that we have to tread lightly on. Uh, just like anything else, you know. So uh, it's a diagnostic that's being taken very seriously. I mean, I'm not sure in this case the scenario, you know, if it's for paperwork or if it's one of those things where maybe we spoke too soon about the situation that we don't know anything about. Well, passively, according to a source, and this source is Fox News now. I'm just util- I'm utilizing the media for what it's worth. Whether it's uh, spot on or not, it says here, man, asking Aaron's what's going on. And he said, hey, that's up to the general manager, who is Jason Lick. And uh, whatever he wants to do, Aaron's said when asked about the Buccaneers, how, how will the Buccaneers move on from Brown? So it goes down like this, you know, like we, we've discussed. You know, you, you're, you know, you've had contracts, you've played professionally, and – you know, we've spoken to quite a few athletes. You know, they have a thing where they have to designate you. You have to, and, and it's just like with anything. Like uh, if they cut you, you have to clear waivers, and there's a time period for that. So although the coach may not no longer want you around, quote unquote, it's still a lot of logistics that have to happen. You have to go through front office, as uh, he's deferred to say at this point, and then you got your agent, <laughs> they got their lawyers, there has to be a mutual understanding, making sure there's no breach in contract, because these are contracts that these, these guys are playing for, you know, uh, you got the Players Association, um, that's also a leg in this, has a leg in this process, just to make sure that it doesn't turn around and turn into grievance, which Antonio Brown has won two cases of grievances against uh, two former teams that were indicating that they were not going to pay him, they were not going to compensate him uh, because of the way things happened as they split with the now Las Vegas Raiders and also the New England Patriots. But guess what? That man got paid. And uh, like anything else, you know, a lot of people were talking about mental issue, mental health issues. I definitely think it's some frustration there uh, where he was trying to play for the contract incentives. And although there has been reports saying that, you know, he was a little banged up, he said he was sore, he couldn't go back in, allegedly, you know, from one party. Um, 
as the reports came out. You know, I was kind of spot on when we went live abruptly yesterday and said uh, he needed eight more catches and a touchdown in order to earn the million-dollar incentive that he needed, excuse me, to, to earn the metrics that he needed, the production metrics to, to earn a million dollars. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where we don't know the full – schematics of it we're getting it in bits and pieces and it's happening real time man this is this is real life this is the game yesterday meltdown and uh this is the aftermath where people are trying to put the pieces together but one thing's for sure man antonio brown is trending oh yeah he's trending because we got to understand the most important thing that took place out of this whole incident is when he took off his shoulder pads and head to the locker room. He 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 didn't get booed. There was a lot of handshakes out there. I mean, you know, he he wasn't booed. I mean, I don't know if people really understood the optics of it, but at the same time, the the people of Rome have spoken. You know, there was a lot of handshakes. I'm pretty sure it'll be on eBay. His little undershirt that he threw in the crowd. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, I mean, and you know, Dennis Rodman was an uh, an enigma himself. You know, this is a, you know, the Bucks. I, I, I'm as a Cowboys fan, I don't feel sorry for the Bucks. I mean, they're creating their own problem. They're so good, they're creating their own problem right now, right? <laughs> yeah, they are, man. They, I mean, Cowboys are stacked with talent right now. Yep. Yeah, but the Bucks, but the Bucks are. The Bucks is so good on both ends of the football tone. What I'm trying to say is they have to create their own problems. So if he comes back from this and he plays again, I mean, the crowd is going to go crazy, right? You know, come the crowd, on. The crowd definitely will go crazy because it's, it's going to be high emotion, you know, from the fanfare and uh, definitely even with the teams. And like you said, with Dennis Rodman, I mean, this ain't the first time we've seen it. You know what I mean? Oprah, Oprah was even swinging the jersey, you know, as I posted uh, in one of those photos that she got her hand on one <laughs> on Dennis Rodman jersey when her when she was uh you know taping the Oprah show in in Chicago and happened to be at one of the games, and, and it's, it's a hot commodity, man. And and at the end of the day, you know, guys have to people have to understand this. I'm gonna say it, and it's probably probably won't be well received, but Antonio Brown's exit was gracious because mm. he still respected the fans mm-hmm. throughout the process. He 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 a lot. His frustration with the facilitator, that being the coach, mm-hmm. running the team at the time, had boiled over. And shout out to him for not choosing violence. Mm-hmm. He, he 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 took it another direction. Say, you know what? I blew it. I'm out of here. But it's not just him. The temperament has happened. Even uh, Saturday night in a professional basketball game with Kevin Porter Jr. Same thing. Halftime. He was like, "Hey, fuck it. Two tears in a bucket. I'm out of here. I ain't mm-hmm. coming back." You know what I mean? And now he's been placed on suspension through the Houston Rockets. So. I think we're at a point now, like they're saying, the players want more control. Mm. The players want more control. You know, in his comment where he said, 
you know, he likes to play football, you know, but it's not his life. And he's he he was recording in a 2019 interview where he reiterated the same thing. If he wanted to quit, it's good. He was up 30 million. He paid for his house in cash. You know, his father was great. He felt that he had a great career, which you know, it looks like he will make the Hall of Fame, despite mm. what the people, despite what some 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 people think. You know, he has the statistics. He has a championship. He has the all-pro seasons. And, you know, for lack of better words, this man has been determined his entire career to prove people wrong. As we went back and we analyzed the high school play to the college attempts to the uh, actual college play, which – Breaking that down really quickly, man. We have a guy who, Florida guy, wanted to play at Florida State, couldn't get in academically. I'm going to run it down really quick. Couldn't get in at Florida State. Couldn't get in at Florida State academically. Wow. At Florida State, Florida State, Bobby Bowden had a potential talent like this that he didn't want to deal with. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Strange but true. So Antonio Brown says, you know what, go to prep school. Go to prep school in North Carolina, plays quarterback. Not wide receiver, mm-hmm. plays quarterback, puts up some numbers, comes back around knocking at the door, tries to go to Alcorn State, HBCU. He could have did it before Dion. Mm. <laughs> no pun. Mm. But uh, tried to go to Alcorn State. He was like, eh. Found out one of the coaches that was heavily recruiting him at West Virginia went over to Central Michigan, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history because it's literally history. It's in the it's in the history books. This guy put up three, almost three back to back one hundred yard reception campaigns in college as a freshman, over hundred yards reception. Second year ninety eight, and the third year over hundred yards reception. 3,199 yards, 22 touchdowns in three years, you know, in the MAC conference at Central Michigan. Yeah, man, Antonio Brown, 300 receptions in college, 3,199 yards, 22 touchdowns, man. This guy's been balling for a long damn time, man, because minus an injury in the second year, this guy would have put up eight consecutive 1,000-yard seasons starting out, coming into the league. <laughs> That's unheard of, man. That's unheard of. You know, we got we got, we got got a guy we looked at. We analyzed the numbers, man. I mean, easily, I say, a Hall of Famer, 80, 89, 90 touchdowns already, 13,000 yards, and uh, just shy of 10,000 catches right now. Uh, 70-something, hey, the man has performed. That's what he's paid to do. He's paid to perform with output, to help the team win, and he's also paid to entertain. So I say to the fans, are you not entertained? Yeah, but but, but more importantly, not only uh, being able to be statistically inclined and not only being entertaining, this is a this is one of those heroes 
that you can see in the off season outside with cones with kids and actually train, right? Everywhere. So I mean, at the you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, uh, uh, America is like a feel good story, but you know, tell me why you're doing it and, and where you're coming from, right? Mm. And 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 he's the epitome of of what an American hero actually is, to be quite honest with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, if they if they loved uh, who was that? Uh, Frazier. No, no. Uh, Willis Willis Reed hobbling out of the New York Nick locker room, coming back, put up buckets to help the Knickerbockers win a championship way back when. You know, a it, it, it's like it's like that, man. This guy, this guy came back last year, snagged the ball that wasn't even for him in the Super Bowl, scored, helped the Buccaneers to a championship, man. And um, at the end of the day. Despite the off the field antics, when it's time to play, this guy this guy comes to play, man. And I gotta say, I gotta kind of switch it up a little bit, man. And I'm gonna touch on two parts of it. I just say it like anyone else would say. Antonio Brown was like, "Hey, man, stop playing with my money." Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, uh, certain incentives when you're playing a team sport. Uh, you know, it's, it's a it's a reason why golfers are always focused, right? Focused, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But like I said, I mean, uh, I know uh, people are looking for more with Antonio Brown. I, I, I would I would kind of have to say I think we need to uh, sit back and enjoy one's likeness. Yep. Yeah, man. Had a little glitch right there. But, yeah, mm-hmm. man. But yeah, but, but Antonio Brown, man, you got to, like I said, man, y'all got to stop playing with this man money. Got to stop playing with his money, man. But the other part of it is the uh, helmet situation. We did look at that. We analyzed that a little bit uh, from a standpoint of him. Playing for, man, many years, many seasons at this point with the preferred helmet, the shot air helmet, and I'm not really going to get too deep in it, but oh, players are interesting, man. People have traditions. You know, jokingly, I heard in the uh, 2021 wrap-up when someone was reminded of Will Smith throwing up after sex, you know, kind of like a tradition, unfortunately. But, (laughs) you know, Antonio Brown... <laughs> hey, he said, man, I, I said I, I couldn't find my glasses. I didn't see it. I didn't see where that was coming from at all, right? I didn't have on my glasses, man. I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, Antonio Brown's situation was like, it, it's kind of, it's, it's not kind of. It is more or less like, uh, you know, with the helmet situation. I mean, he searched, man. He was like, I'll give you a signed practice jersey if someone can find a certain helmet style that is no longer being made by the company itself, which was the air helmet that he said he played with all the way from, you know, peewee division up into his professional, you know, up, up starting his, excuse me, throughout his professional career at this point. And it was a thing. But now here's the question. 
when we talk to CTE, I'm not going to get crazy with it, but it's a probability. I mean, we're talking about a person who has been hit at some point at least 700, 800 times playing the game. Mm-hmm. So do we or can we surmise at some point that some of the – and aside from his his, his – his speech impediment that he does have, I've noticed that as he as he speak, he doesn't really doesn't say his his t his ths and his t's are a little cut short. But I'm not trying to hate on his brother. I'm just acknowledging that because I know some people don't take it there. But I don't think that part of his speech is a delay or has anything to do with CTE. But I will say, you know, as after they the NFL that is tested the helmet that he wanted to play in and found that it was uh, not up to standards, could we now look at a lot of these hits that this man has taken and factor some of it has to be, um, excuse me, some of his, uh, I, I, I guess we could say some of the uncanny things that we've seen from him may stem from him needing to address some some issues or or be, you know, put under MRI situations if they can evaluate for CTE. Just just trying to be logical about the situation and see it from all points of views. Well, my, my biggest thing is we, we always get worried when we slip down and fall. And the number one question they ask you at the ER or at your local doctor is, did you hit your head? Right. That's the number one question they ask you. And in this sport right here, uh, you know, shout out to some of the guys who played in, you know, in the early days, whether it was leather or whether it had one bar going across that helmet. You know, (laughs) and, you know, like we talk about with paperwork and copyrights, you know, uh, just because uh, a certain model may not, you know, it, it may need to be, updated to a certain degree because it's a consensus and what i guess what i'm trying to say there's certain model of cars that did very very well for oldsmobile right but when they progress in other models they have some problems we had a lot of recalls right so i mean and we're taking it from a wide receiver who's, who wasn't complaining about money then he was simply complaining about his helmet and, you know, folks, we're not the ones that's getting hit out there at the end of the day. Definitely not. We're not getting hit. But, I mean, some of the, you know, some people question the mannerism, behavior, off-the-field antics and things that he's been involved in to say, hey, man, is he okay? <laughs> is he okay? Um, I mean, for me, I look at it from all angles. I played the game, you know, up to the collegiate level and, uh, I, and we've seen some of the, we've heard about some of the impact of people being disturbed to a point where they've actually committed suicide. So, <clears throat> you know, I actually looked into a CTE story earlier today to just try to relate and also brush up on what could be going on with him. And uh, it's it's hard, man. It's hard to really understand. It's hard to understand, you know, a person trying to do their best and give us the best show that we want. 
you know, like <laughs> like you said, you know, giving the fans the best the best show that they can possibly have. But I don't know. I mean, a lot a lot is left to be seen. We've had a cryptic message from him late this evening as he was uh, taking a cab ride. And he started speaking on Big Ben, who's playing tonight, Monday Night Football. And he was wishing Ben well. This is coming from a man who has criticized Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> and, you know, has some unfavorable things to say about Ben as he was exiting the organization in Pittsburgh. But, but, you know, he left a real interesting message on Twitter. If you guys want to go and try to break it down, is he alluding to the point or the or I don't want to say fact, but is he alluding to the point of him maybe trying to hook up with Ben one more time? So are they going to possibly take this show on the road? Maybe let's say, hey, let's try to jumpstart something in Jacksonville. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm just saying, maybe, just maybe, they can come and maybe uh, hook things up in Jacksonville, or if not, hey, Miami, right? I mean, you know, it, like I said, I mean, he, he's a he, he's a, he's a different entity where. Uh, we got to appreciate his talents, and we can't really get into diagnostics with A.B., right, when it comes to it at the end of the day. He's been quieted uh, long enough where he deserves that respect from us, right? I mean, as, as far as as far as far teaming up with uh, with Big Ben again, uh, this is, I mean, this is something the NBA needs, right? The NBA needs uh, uh, Antonio Brown, right? Uh <laughs> If, if I'm Roger, if I'm Roger Goodell right now, I mean I'm not, <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm making sure everything is going accordingly. Absolutely, and that's the only thing you can do. I mean, like I said, are you not entertained? This is a part of entertainment as well when it comes to the uh, melodrama that we're seeing slightly at this time. And I mean, again, we're approaching it as a as a from a from a diplomatic standpoint, we're not coming from a place of hate or trying Thank to put anybody down. Yep, and uh, we're just trying to look at the situation for what it is, and hopefully open people's eyes so that they can look at it for what it is at the same time. Well, but, well uh, hold on, Matone, so, and, and my last thought on this is when he, when he exited the building, I didn't see him cuss anybody out. So I'm taking shoulder pads, throw it down. And he started waving at the fans and shaking hands on the way out. I mean, you know, if hey, in some places in Rome, you know, there used to be gladiators that turned into senators in the same day, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man, but I ain't going to hold it. I ain't going to beat a dead horse. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, there's much left to be seen. Obviously, from Antonio Brown, you know, I don't think he went out with a bang just yet. I think we'll see some other things transpire. It it, it may turn controversial for some people who thought that they were done with this man. It may be a situation where 
throughout the playoffs, <laughs> you got to coach him because he ain't going nowhere. So says the GM. Maybe the coach will go. Maybe the coach will go before the player. There's a high divorce rate in America. <laughs> we shall see, man, because it looks like Antonio Brown is trying to overcome. Well, I mean, hey, one man's trash, another man's tragedy. Isn't that what they said for those Buccaneers? 30, 32 teams, man. 32 teams. Mm. Man, Clay. What up with Clay, man? Well, I, uh, uh, I never forget it. Um, I had a 1995 Nissan Maxima. Uh, my mom gave it to me with about 130,000 miles on it. And, uh, you know, and then it, it gave me about, I think it ended up crashing at about 300,000 miles. Only problem was is, you know, it only took me five years to drive that amount. And she had it for, you know, about 10 years and only was at 130,000 miles, right? Dang. So, uh, you know, uh, the the I guess the moral of the story is, I mean, I I drove the shit out of that car, you know, and uh, you know it it it, it lasted a long time, but it it was premature as far as the breakdown, if that makes sense to you. Fully does it fully does. So, what you saying is Golden State gone? <laughs> Ride this man to the wheel fall off. In other words, uh, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I want you to guard the best player on the team we're about to play. And oh yeah, by the way, if we're down by 15 to 20 points, we're gonna need 25 points in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter, we'll let Steph go ahead and uh, you know, pick up the rest of the paper on the floor. Yeah, but let's talk about that body, man. Is it gonna hold up? I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, it, it all, and this is what we don't want to talk about. Nobody likes talking about it, but that's why we have to on Talking Shit podcast. Is you know, everybody saw the injury that he sustained uh, against Toronto uh, two years ago, and everybody was fully amazed when he played the following game after his knee bent back the wrong direction, right? Right. So, uh, you know, that's something that's something that we don't want to talk about, but realistically, if he would have took time out and Steve Kerr should have saved his player from himself. You know, I'm not I'm not suggesting it's Steve Kerr's fault, but we have to get to the root of the situation is Clay Clay is no longer Clay needs to retire. Whoa Hot take right there, man. Hot take. Clay should retire, as you're saying. And uh, I respect that, man, because at the end of the day, this is where we at. We got a guy who you can't never tell a person how much money they need or don't need, but when we look at it from the outside looking in, he's pretty well off at the end of the day. Three-time champion, you know, so he's fulfilled that elusive part that some never, some of the greatest have never been able to capture a championship. He has three. You know, he's done it. He's done it well, played played on some great teams, had some great runs. 
And so the question is no longer can you do it in regards to win a championship. The question is how much do you respect yourself and knowing when is the time, to, the best time to call it quits before, you know, you find yourself in a situation where you beat yourself ragged and when it's really over, there ain't really shit you can do <laughs> other than sit around and be in pain and go to therapy. And, and then, you know, tell them to chime in. I, I, I think we got to understand. I mean, this guy was injured in 2019, right? Uh, yeah, he sat out two seasons right now, 18, 18, 19. Right. So we in 21 now. He's trying to make a comeback, right? Yeah. So technically, he he had. I mean, when your injury, remember Kevin Durant, seven footer, came back from the Achilles tear, and we don't know. Uh, we everybody wants to know who his doctor is, right? He's got to be the most famous doctor in the world, you know, for what <laughs> KD is doing, you know. But when it comes to the knee, and when it becomes to those ligaments. That wear and tear is hard to replace, even if it's pseudo manufactured. Yeah, you're right about that, man. Definitely right about that. It's, I, I, you know, I don't want to say I don't know. I mean, we do know. You know, at the end of the day, we've seen, we've seen people come back and make a good run. You know, forge on with their career. Like uh, <laughs> like you say, who's who's Kevin Durant's uh, surgeon? He may have went to the same guy that uh, Adrian Peterson went to because Adrian Peterson, AP, uh, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, he was like Bionic Man. But he came back to the Minnesota Vikings, man, uh-huh. and, and, and shredded the league for over 2,000 yards, you know, just bouncing people left and right. So, there's a small window where the surgery may work for some and they may come back just as good as they were. And then you have situations where, you know, for lack of a better word, the shit just don't work. And, 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 you know, obviously for various reasons, you know, albeit is your body just didn't take to that medical procedure or, you know, physician wasn't good enough. As far as you know, putting you back together again, like Humpty Dumpty, but and then also uh, uh, the style of play, right? Uh, yeah. He's a uh, you know he's gonna come off about two or three screens himself uh, to get the right shot, or or he's gonna stop on the drop of a dime and be able to pull up and, and shoot the ball. And, and notice what I said defensively. Most of his assignment was guarding the best athletes in the world, right? Correct. A la LeBron James. So a la Kevin Durant <laughs> when he was the opponent. When, when Kawhi the Leonard. Opponent, right. Kawhi Leonard, absolutely. Yeah. And and doing a fantastic job, right? Yeah, I mean I mean he was he was he was built for that. I mean he was a stretch guy, had a <clears throat> great agility, very poised, had the ability to uh stay focused you know, and get what he needed to get for himself as well as the team, despite despite playing on a team that was very stacked, you know, and um, just just helping 
his counterpart, you know, uh, create one of the best duos, backcourt duos in quite some time and, and just literally just be a juggernaut <laughs> in the Western Division. All light, I mean, the best all light-skinned team America has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it is, man. But uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm with you on this one. I think it's time for Clay to shut it down, you know, tip the tat. If not, man, he got some great people to talk to out there, man. He can, he can talk to Brad Doherty about life after the game because Brad Doherty was a uh, a dominant center in his time playing for the Cleveland Cavs. I know I've mentioned him in the past. You know, he went on into uh, broadcasting um, for NASCAR. I think he even uh, formed a team over there in NASCAR for a while. If not, if he isn't still doing so now. and uh, you know, no other, no other, no other person, and no one, no one better than uh, Jay Williams of the Chicago Bulls, man. You know, you have to cope at times with having to leave the game before you want to leave it. But you know, you have to look at overall health at some point. You know, and 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 just forego that competitive spirit. And and and, and that's the tough part, you know, is because. You know, he's literally been training since his brain is, is formed. He's been trained to compete at a high level, you know, and and that's the only thing that I worry with the type of injury that he has and what he expects himself to be, but what he physically isn't. You know, those are three different things. And, and when you have something, the only player to, to really come back for something so catastrophic is, is also the likes of Grant Hill, right? You know, Grant Hill was able to reinvent himself uh, in, in many different uniforms, respectfully, after horrendous uh, injuries uh, that constantly plagued him. And, you know, I'm not – but but when it comes to the knees, Tone, uh, that's when – you know, that's the one injury where it doesn't matter what time you played in, that's that's been the career ender, right, is when those knees go – you know, you must you must throw, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean that's that's pretty much it. You know, the Achilles thing is probably the second, which makes Kate this Katie thing. I mean, folks, if you're watching Katie, what Katie's doing right now is a miracle. By the way, <laughs> I mean, you know. So, like I said, I mean, the, but with the knees, uh, you know, now we don't we don't. I mean, Earl Campbell has some amazing hot wings. You know, I wish he could stand up in, in some of those important pitches that he's supposed to be in. Right, right. That's true. And 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 that's, I mean, that's hey, that's as real as it gets. <laughs> that's as real as it gets without dragging it, dragging it any further, man. Clay, hey, from the Talk of Chip podcast to you directly, man. Throw in the towel, man, or the agent needs to throw in the towel, man, because I I don't want him to be forced out. You know, by re-injuring himself and and uh, you know just trying to play, like you said, even with Grant Hill's situation, he was always a shell of himself afterwards. And it was just one of those things where you know and we're talking about go mental health, mental health, mental health conditioning right now, right? So we talk about CTE for football player, hockey player, anybody's playing that physical sport where they're getting banged enough. But I mean, this is a different type of mental anguish. 
that uh, I think he'll suffer because, it, you know, it's, it's, it's deeply psychological when you feel like you still have something left in the tank and you competed at such a high level, man. There's nothing like adoration, you know, running out there and, and hearing someone call your name and, you know, the crowd cheering, but more or less, like I said, Clay, hey, man, it's your day, man. At least we think. Call it one, man. Yeah, man. Boomer Sooners. Mm. Boomer Sooners. Man, uh, I think the I think we're the heartland of the hub of, of uh, the portal. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Put on brakes. 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 All right. So listen, I'm mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back right here. You gotta pull back right here. NFL, man. I'm a, we we went. We went NFL, NBA, back to the NFL. Another crash, another DUI accident. Las Vegas Raiders cornerback Nate Hobbs arrested on DUI charges hours after the win over the Indianapolis Colts, man. 22-year-old, 22-year-old Hobbs is uh, arrested. All is well. No one was injured. But, you know, uh, what was it, Christmas Eve, Washington Redskins player rolled, had a rollover situation, and this passenger was killed. And uh, we're back at it again with the NFL, man. What's really happening? Vegas, what's really happening? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yellow – I know Yellow Cab got into some disagreements with Lyft and some of those other people. I think I think there's a lot of economic opportunities in such unfortunate events. Yeah. yeah. You know, at this juncture, I mean, more than you know, more than more than one more than one incident taking place like this, and then when you talk about somebody's life. You know, uh, but yet we're talking about transportation, right? We're, you know, uh, you know, we also have cars that are, that actually drive you home robotically too. Absolutely. I said it before, man, and I'm going to be brief. They have to, the NFL, the NFLPA, and the players have to all come to an agreement, man, in regards to in season situations as to what's best for them. Uh definitely a chauffeur service. And I don't know, man, I, I do some crazy thing up against the wall that says, man, if you're on a, if you're under twenty five, you cannot have a luxury sports car. It's a violation of your contract, just like a motorcycle, man. You know, I don't know what car he was driving and and it doesn't really matter, but it just it just goes without saying. They've been saying this for years, you know. Young men <laughs> and fast cars just definitely don't mix. New money. We've been. This has probably been one of the better NFL seasons in quite some time, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, there's quite a few teams and fans 
that are, that are not necessarily happiest with their teams, but they're not. We haven't heard too much disappointment necessarily, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it's one of those things where the NFL has to do something about this because it's one more incident away be, before becoming a problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah this is a a big yeah. problem, man. You know, like you said, you know, M-A-A-D, man, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I mean, they certainly have a right to come and uh, stand out and protest every game. The way that mm. uh, the agitators came out and stood out every time Michael Vick pulled up to a stadium. No pun. Mm-hmm. But, hey, what more can we say, man? Enough has been said on it, man. NFL, this is a real issue. You know, we're thinking about, we're talking about Antonio Brown, you know, and and the misunderstanding of Antonio Brown because we don't fully know. Uh, but the things we do know that are evident and that are right before us, which is uh, drinking is an issue to some capacity, regardless of what the, uh, the blood alcohol level is, it is an issue. Obviously, um, Las Vegas, you know, they knew they knew it was going to be issues when they went out there. Apparently, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> the risk of the policies, the insurability, you know, they, they've assessed all things in a billion-dollar franchise and corporation as such. But, um, you know, nothing against uh, Mr. Davis, the owner of the team, but – you got to get a hold of you guys, man, because one thing for sure, no matter what has happened in Alabama, <laughs> no matter how successful they've been, they have not had the issues that other institutions have had, you know, once they start winning. So Vegas, man, get it together. Please. I made it. And, and also with Vegas, you know, we're talking about a place that has the means to be able to have a little in-house financing uh, when it comes to this automobile dealership, per se. Right. So, right. you know, I mean, it's not. And then another thing to also think about is we will be talking about this same story if there were regular pedestrians or civilians that left the game and have vehicular homicide or gotten into a wreck if they left the stadium. What makes it bad is we're talking about players that have had some of these things happen continuously in a short amount of time. Week, week over week. I mean, uh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cap it as such, man. It's, 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 one has occurred every about three to four weeks right now since the first one, since the first major tragedy with Henry Ruggs. It's, it's been about every three to four weeks. And, um, mm. hey, man, is it because of the stretch season? <laughs> hey. Hey, man. I just clipped my fingernails, man. People, people, people worry about these incentives. People worry about how long this season is. Because Cooper Cup just came out and said, uh, hey, man, he just don't feel right breaking certain records because it's now 18 weeks. It's an 18-week season. You know, he's going to join the ranks of potentially, you know, Jerry Rice, 
Sterling Sharp, Steve Smith, with some of the records that, you know, he's going to set in this season. And, uh, you know, he said it just doesn't seem right. But, uh, Oh man, I mean, he's that's probably one of the that's that's probably one of the most modest statements I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect it, man. I respect it. But you know, like I said, just just lasting point, man. Is the sobriety issue coming about now because of the wear and tear of you know all of the training to get you up to this point? Because we're not we're not just looking at eighteen weeks. We're, we're, we're truthfully for some of these guys, man. They're in week twenty-three, week twenty-four as a football player, which is kind of unheard of for some of them. You know, having only played twelve, thirteen games or ten games their whole life. So mm. It's a lot to consider. Mm, mm, mm. So Boomer Sooners, man. Boomer Sooner, mm. Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner. Quarterback that replaced the quarterback, Caleb Williams, is electing to hop in this transfer portal, man. As Desmond Howard is reporting, man, what's going on? Oh, man, I mean, uh, you know, have you ever been so good, you know, the only person you can play against is yourself? Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you get that at times, especially when you play a video game. But hey, here we go. Caleb Williams, like you said, man, he's so good. Passed for 1,900 yards, 21 touchdowns, and just four interceptions. You know, and that and that's that's pretty awesome. But half the season, real, and, and and yeah, realizing that the coach that brought him in is gone. He's gone to USC, University of Southern California. As a new coach coming in, we don't really know what the game plan is in Oklahoma. So Caleb is kind of leaving the door open, but more than likely he's probably going to pull a Houdini and get out of there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, man, the SEC, uh, you know, makes a coward of us all. <laughs> and, uh, it, 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 it changes. It changes things, man. It changes things. It changes things. It really does. I mean, I mean, with Oklahoma has an impending uh, uh, league transfer that is going to go into place, and uh, league play is going to start in 2025. They're going to go into the SEC. I mean, apparently this kid's not going to be there that long because you have to be 21 or going into your junior season. So in all likelihood, he wouldn't be around for that transition. But I guess he's trying to put himself in best position at this point. And like I said, even with the with the NFL players, we live in a day and time where players are not biting their tongues anymore. If they don't like a situation, they're speaking up now, as as opposed to, I guess we could say, the golden era of a lot of things, you know, when the contracts started getting sweet in the 90s because, you know, as as we evolve in society, you know, we, we tend to get more, things tend to get better, and the contracts that were initially 
out there, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, <laughs> they don't even compare to what these guys are making now at this point. Even in, even in one contract, it could be a three-year window, and someone could have made two, three, four times the amount that someone has made their entire career playing the same sport in years past. So with the uh, – Maybe the, maybe Lincoln Riley is a better coach than we thought. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if Caleb winds up on the doorstep, I guess, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I mean, you got – so this is the, 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 the rarity is this. You got you got Bob Stoops predecessor, pretty much unknown, uh, you know, a young guy coming in, taking over uh uh you know, a very, very, very important blue blood school and was able to implement, you know, his own ideology and be able to compete and win. Right. And we're talking about you we're know, talking about we're talking about Lincoln, right? Yeah, we're talking about Lincoln Riley. So, I mean, but we're also talking about somebody who speaks the player's language also, right? Yeah, youth movement. You got it. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I hate to admit this on air, but, I'm, I mean, I'm probably going to be watching more USC games than OU games next year, right? <laughs> hey, man, the color, the color scheme ain't that far off, so... <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna blame you. Yeah, you'll see OJ on the sidelines this year. Trust me. Hey, hey, OJ's free. They freed the boy. OJ is free. He can go anywhere. But I'm not on. He ain't on paper no more. But I'm. But I'm sorry. But I. I, I don't want to change. You know. Uh, but but back to the OU thing. Um, you know, uh, Tone. I mean, do you, how, how does how do you feel about Arkansas? Because they're about to have a twin brother. I mean, I've never really been fond of uh, Arkansas, but uh, I hear you. I hear you, man. But I've seen it, though. I've seen it. I mean, this is your turn, your team. It's time for your team to go through it. My team went through it uh, when they left the Big East and joined the ACC. And uh, shit ain't never been the same, man. I try to tell you. We went from uh, glory days. Winning, winning, winning to uh, middle of the pack of bottom feeders at the end of the day, man, because since that ACC play for the University of Miami, the Hurricanes football, it ain't been like it was in the 90s up until 2001. I'm going to put a cap on it, man, when they won their last championship. And that's, uh, at this point, that's 20 years, 20, 21 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it, but 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 the it, but the environment and in, in the enigma, you know, that the you had back then, man. I mean, you know, you can't really, you can't really replace that. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're right now we're, we we don't have much of an identity. Well, I mean, we lost our identity at the University of Oklahoma, and and with this quarterback leaving, uh. You know, we we worry about who's the quarterback and who's the head coach, right? In that yeah. order. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely ushering in change. It's ushering, it's ushering in a new a new era, you know, so to speak. And 
it's going to be I, – I, I hate to be cliche and say it's going to be interesting, but I guess it really is going to be interesting down there, man, to see how you guys recover and what happens over the next three years. Are you still competing in the Big 12 before you uh, make that, that, that transfer – before you transfer officially into the SEC? I'm sure they're going to infuse some games and start playing a little more SEC play, hopefully, just to kind of tool up. But uh, I don't know. It's crazy like that, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but like I said, I mean, the uh, the dark years, uh, you know, uh, I guess they say the, the character building or something like that. They are character building. They are character building, man. But we're in a new year, man. New year, 2022. Got to be optimistic. I mean, hell, you know, getting word that AB may still be a buccaneer. <laughs> may, <laughs> may, may sit on the roster and collect the hey, this country, you know. this, this country was built on forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. How many times Mike Tyson got a second chance, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> shout out Mike Tyson on that one, man. I like once again, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. But like I said, man, uh, you know, uh, we we uh, we 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 talk about you know what certain people do with the kids and things of that sort. You know, he didn't he didn't have his media team. You know, you saw. AD training in the park with kids from their cell phones, right? Not his right. media team. Right. Absolutely. Not his media team. Hey, man, listen. Another 100,000 people started following AD. I watched a tweet go – excuse me. I watched a, I watched a, a, a post collect over 100,000 likes, uh, mm. Garner – Garner over 30,000 comments. Adrian Peterson even chimed in on here, and he's getting his head bashed in for putting down uh, some biblical quotes. He's getting ripped to shreds by the, by, by, the, by the fans. But one thing for sure, if they're still checking for you, hey, I guess you got to feed the fans, man. And at the end of the day, that 81 shirt, it's still going to be available for them Buccaneers. So if this guy helping to come back one more time before it's all said and done, I'm sure he will and the Buccaneers will be uh, cash rich before it's all said and done, man. Till next time, see you on the Talking Chip Podcast. <laughs>